When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by co-host and editor of thewolfpacker.com, Matt Carter. And today, if you are a Wolfpack fan, you know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about arguably the best NC State-UNC football game in series history. If you were fortunate enough to be in Carter-Finley Stadium last night, you witnessed a game you will not forget for the rest of your life. I was fortunate enough to be here. I'm reporting live from Raleigh, so excuse the sound quality. I don't have my normal mic. Excuse the internet if we stream out a little bit here. I don't have my usual internet, but we are going to talk about this game, and we're going to do the best we can. And before we do that, some quick reminders for the listeners and viewers at home. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're on the Apple's podcast app, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Plus, you can always... Watch us on our YouTube channel, where you should subscribe to our YouTube channel, give this video a thumbs up, and please drop a comment while you're at it. We're also on the On3 network now. The Wolfpacker is on the On3 network now. And here's a reason why you should pay a dollar to get an annual subscription to the On3 network, which unlocks all of the premium content on thewolfpacker.com. If you were a member of thewolfpacker.com today, Matt, you want to go down the list of everything that you did, and you want to tell the viewers, what time you went to sleep last night uh, covering that game? Well, I turned the light out at 3 a.m. And I'm back at it at about 7.30, 8 a.m. I was right back at it. And we, we had recaps from NC State locker room. We had recaps from UNC locker room. We got every single tweet you could find on social media. We got the, what they're saying. We had a column from yours truly, a column from Justin as well. We had the quick hits with all the numbers and Devin Leary moving up the record books. And uh, also some nuggets about the senior day, which is, if you follow the war room, we've been talking a lot about who may walk, who may not walk, and what kind of decisions to look for going forward. So, you know, all of that was just part of the package. And a, and a night like Friday night just kind of made it. And you and I are talking off the air. Just, you don't experience that game very often. And the only time I can recall that, it was on the other side of the coin. With, uh, we'll mention his name once on the podcast, Giovanni Bernard. It doesn't hurt as bad after last night, though. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, that was kind of a similar circumstance. State had a seven-point lead. It looked like they were going to... They just needed a first down or two to kind of really put UNC away, and they didn't. They punted, and UNC quickly scored, and then UNC got a stop, and State punted, and we know what happened happened then. So, crazy wild. We appreciate how many wild, wild stuff happens in this rivalry. Uh, there's so many storied rivalries throughout you know, the Southeast, specifically the ACC-SEC crossover, because North Carolina State and North Carolina both play in the same conference. I think maybe, you know, sometimes it gets lost in the weeds of rivalry week, but uh, the fact that it was the standalone primetime game 
on ESPN on Friday night, I think helped get a lot of eyeballs. It was, you know, the leading game on SportsCenter. It, what was it, 456 attempts with a similar scenario? Was it this season, or what, what, was, the, what was the criteria for that stat of, like, I think that uh, we're down two scores or more with two and a half minutes left. I think they were 0 and 451 this season or something like that. Yeah. Well, now 1 451. So, uh, so I'd be interested to hear. Why don't you drop here? Do this. If you are a listener or if you're watching on YouTube, why don't you drop a comment? And I want honesty here. Wolfpack fans. If you're a Tar Heel fan, you can even pitch in too, but you know, honestly, I doubt any Tar Heel fans are listening to this podcast. This is a game they want to forget immediately. At that, yeah, NC State fans, you get pleasure out of UNC losing, and you get pleasure out of seeing UNC fans frustrated specifically with football, and that was like the creme de la creme last night of being a preseason top 10 program to finish the year like that, choking a last fourth quarter lead, two possession lead with just over two minutes to go to finish six and six and going to play in some bowl nobody cares about, you know, <laughs> early December, Sam Howell's not going to play probably. So to see that, it really was a, a full circle moment. But here's what I want you to comment uh, on YouTube. If you were at the game last night, did you leave before the game was over? And if you did leave, when did you leave? And if you did leave, did you maybe uh, hear something on your way out and maybe came back into the stands? Because I will, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first hand up here, okay? So Matt's in the press box. I'm in the stands. Game, went to the game as a fan. I took a red eye from San Francisco Thanksgiving night. Arrive in Raleigh, 6.30 a.m. on Friday morning. I'm tired. It's cold. It's like a 30-degree drop here from the California weather I've come, become accustomed to over the past three months. You get out to Carter-Finley Stadium. It's, it's about 36 degrees by the fourth quarter, man. It is cold out there. Windy, too, right? And windy. And wind. I mean, it was cold. Let's just say we needed the extra layers of protection provided at the concession stands in the corners of Carter-Finley Stadium to get yourself through that game. Let's just keep it at that. <laughs> but when UNC made that, what was it, a 50-something yard field goal? It was a pretty long field goal uh, to make it a nine-point yeah, nine, nine game there with just over two minutes to play. I thought, man, I've been out in this cold long enough. I sure as hell don't want to see these Carolina fans in this section celebrate this win. I've heard enough. I've talked enough crap to them, and I don't want to hear it back, honestly. <laughs> Uh, so we start to exit. That's when the kickoff happens, and as we're walking out the gates, you hear the commotion of the stands, and that's the Emeka Amezi 64, 65-yard touchdown where it's like Carolina acted like they had just won the game when they made that field goal, but unfortunately for them, there's still time on the clock, and it's like they forgot that they had to play defense um, because Emeka Amezi was wide open down the left sideline on the Tar Heel sideline. Uh, he could have walked into the end zone. Nobody would have caught up with him. I don't think anybody was in, within 10 yards of a Mezzi on that specific play. So, of course, the commotion draws me in. I'm right around the 50-yard line at that point. Of course, enough fans had left. I go into the stands, and then we're, we're there, baby. Onside kick. Let's see if this game can be extended. And guess what? 
The kicker himself, Chris Dunn, on senior day, delivers an awesome onside kick and recovers it himself. I don't, you don't see the kicker recover the onside kick very much. You don't see a lot of onside recoveries, and you certainly don't see the kicker recover it. Fast forward the tape, a few seconds later in gameplay, a few penalties here and there, a couple first downs, and NC State quarterback Devin Leary finds Ameka Mezzi in the end zone. He totally mossed the Carolina quarterback in the end zone. I mean, it was a total, just completely went up and got it. Just played big boy football. That's what you've seen Ameka Mezzi do all season. He was quiet for about 55 minutes in that, 58 minutes, if we're being really honest. I think, what, he have one catch before uh, before the final two minutes of the game, Matt? Maybe a couple? I know he had one catch at halftime. Yeah, he had, so he had three catches total, or three at that point? but I mean, I don't know if you're talking for like 40 yards, 30, 40 yards. And of course, you know, there's still time. There's still time on the clock at that point. There's still over a minute to go. Carolina, of course, needs a touchdown to win the game. But, you know, Carolina does have Sam Howell, and they were able to be effective on offense, although they weren't effective in the passing game um, consistently throughout the night. But in that moment, with the energy in that stadium and the energy of the sideline, there was not a single morsel of my brain thinking that Carolina was about to drive down the field and win that game. I knew, like, I knew at that point. NC State had won that game because the defense was not going to pass up on that opportunity. They were going to soften up, give them everything underneath, and that's exactly what they did. Sam Howell has to throw a prayer in the end zone at the end of the game. It gets intercepted. The fans storm the field, and celebration ensues. So yeah, I did. I was on my way out, but I did catch the rest of it, fortunately, because I would have. I don't think I would have ever forgiven myself had I flown 2,000 miles only to stay there for three hours only to leave early and miss the best part. But thankfully it worked out. Tell us if you did the same. Tell us if you stayed. You can prove your fandom. And no lying, okay? Okay, there's plenty of eyewitnesses out there. But but Matt, do you fault Wolfpack fans if they left at that point? Well, statistically, and, uh, UNC had a 99.9% chance of winning that football game when Devin Lee got sacked on first down. Yeah, and I... Supposed to be overlooked. Let's be honest. We're analyzing the game. Let's be honest. Carolina blew it. UNC blew it. Bottom line, they blew it. Now, I will argue, we talked about that, but my counterpoint to that was UNC was kind of forcing it for about 57 minutes of that game. It was every break that, that seemingly needed to happen was happening in UNC's favor. Uh, let's not forget, UNC had a bye week to prepare for this game. They played a one and a awkward team. Rested Sam Howe. Uh, they had a bye week. And so they spent two weeks. We're not naive enough to know. I mean, it was clear if you looked at any part of the Wofford game. Um, they spent no time preparing for Wofford in their triple option offense. That's why Wofford ran for 200 yards on them. They spent two weeks preparing for NC State. We know that. It's not... When we're not shocking news here, they'll never admit it. I'm sure, and yeah, but yeah, Mac Brown knows the importance of this game. Um, incidentally, for all the talk that Mac Brown owns NC State, he now goes back below 500 all time against NC State, seven and eight as a head coach against NC State. So not all of that at, at UNC. Uh, one of their losses was at Texas when he took over as the head coach of Texas. So, um, 
So, so I, 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 it, look, everything was set up for UNC. Maybe I had the fact that entry state was more shorthanded than we thought, and I, you know, we'll say some more details later about how it unfolded, but it was one of those, you know, last minute type things where we, entry state ended up being more shorthanded than anticipated, throwing that the flu was going through the team. Um, and that the ball was bouncing UNC's way for 57 minutes. The last two minutes of the game, yeah, UNC blew it. I mean, give NC State credit for taking advantage of it, but UNC blew it. And of course, you don't blame fans for you know, you're gonna, in a big game. It ended up not meaning as much um, as NC State fans would have hoped. Obviously, Boston College uh, did NC State no favors. and, and Kudos to Wakeford, well deserving Atlantic Division champion, even though I'm not a believer that Wakeford is much better than NC State. But with all that still on the line on Friday night, and it's one of those games that NC State fans probably feel like they've seen way too much over the years, and I'm sure they were getting ready to go to Twitter and the Wolves Den messy board and unload. Of course I don't. I don't necessarily blame that's, that's a frustrating, frustrating. you were set, set up for a frustrating loss. And then, and then, you know, blown covers, that's exactly what it was. It was a, it was a cover two, safety bit on the, the slot receiver, corner is releasing because the corner was supposed to take the slot. Um, he releases the mezzi to the safety, the safety took the slot two, that leaves the mezzi three. Um, and you saw a 64-yard touchdown. I have no idea really what the UNC player was doing on that onside kick. I kind of wondered if he, and I say this as a Carolina Panthers fan and a Cam Newton, uh, I'm not a Cam Newton hater, probably not a Cam Newton apologist on the other end of the spectrum. I'm in the middle when it comes to Cam Newton, but I would say pull the Cam Newton I'm in the Super Bowl where he made a business decision. Yeah, Newton decided he wasn't going to try to pick up that fumble because the guys around the feet. I wondered if, if the UNC player was going for it, and he saw the NC State player kind of diving for the ball, and he just kind of, at the last minute, jumped to avoid the, having his legs taken out from underneath him, and in the process, jumped over the football. I, don't, I do not know what he was thinking, to be honest with you, but poor execution on that. And then yeah, they, they just fell apart. apart. I know they're upset with some of the flags, but live, I thought it was rushing the passer. I look at the replay, it's close. But live, it looked like rushing the passer. It looked like he got him high right under the trench strap, and it looked like he put, uh, piled him into the, to the ground. Um, and then you had the pass interference. Was it uncatchable? It may have been. But if it was uncatchable, then it was one hell of a defensive hole. But Storm Duck was completely on a double move by Devin Carter and did what a good corner to do, which is grab the hell out of the guy not let him, not let him score there because he knows that if he didn't grab him, Devin Carter got a touchdown over his head. So holding a pass in the fence, whatever, UNC was imploded at that point. Uh, and actually, the safety on the touchdown made a good play. He just got beat. 50-50. Yeah, he read it. It may be a tad bit late reading it. But he got there in time. He was in position for the interception. That was just a fifth-year senior, Mecca Medji, six foot three, two hundred twenty-some, two thirty pounds, 
older guy who has seen everything and been through everything in the ACC, basically telling Cameron Kelly, sorry, this is my football. You're not getting it. No. And that's the nice I can possibly put what happened. What he mossed him. He mossed him. I mean, it, it, I would not be surprised to see that on, uh, I forget, I think ESPN does that segment before Monday Night Football. Maybe tune in this Monday to see if Emeka Mezzi will get a feature on uh, You Just Got Mossed. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with your point completely, Matt, in the sense that, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from NC State. You you tip your cap, you standing ovation for the Wolfpack to just not give up in that game. It's such an emotional game. It could have been, because I didn't, you know, you can say what you want about the offense. You can say what you want about the defense. We'll get to all that. NC State did not play its best game for 60 minutes. But I thought it played, you know, good enough to be in a position to win at the end of the game. Clearly, that you know, that's why, that's, that's why you never quit. That's why, that's why there's 60 minutes in a football game. And, and when you're dealing with college kids and you're dealing with, you know, the, the emotions of a rivalry, it'd be really easy for that for NC State to have given up in that situation, to just run the clock out, feel sorry for itself, and accept its, you know, incoming defeat. But it didn't. It kept playing, and, and, and Carolina didn't keep playing. And, you know, it's it sucks for them because they blew it. NC State has blown it several times in the past. As for the comment about the officiating, quite frankly... You know, being in the stands, it's really hard to tell. It's just really hard to tell if, you know, something's really a whole. It, you can't really tell how well a game is officiated from the stands. You really got to watch a game on TV because you got to get the close-up view. Um, but what would a Carolina fan tell an NC State fan who is complaining about officiating costing the Wolfpack a game? What would a Carolina fan tell an NC State fan? They'd probably give them a little head tap and say, Oh, it's okay, little brother. Uh, tough luck, you know. Classic NC State fan complaining about the ref. So, you know what? You know what really makes UNC fans the most angry when it comes to this rivalry. The worst uh, insult you could give a Carolina fan is that you're acting like an NC State fan right now. That is something they never want to hear. They don't want to pick, they don't want to think that they are anything like NC State. But the funny thing is these football programs are like the Spider-Man meme. All-time success, you look at the track record, you look at all-time winning percentage. Yes, I know over 111 years that North Carolina has a winning football record over NC State all-time. But if you look at anywhere close to what the modern era of college football is or you know, to the point where we're looking at uniforms that are recognizable or a game that is rec recognizable to today's college football, it's a 50-50 type of series. So, deliver I mean, this is, like, I wrote in my column, this is why we are fans of college football. This is why you and I chose the profession that we did. We love the energy of these moments. It, it's the best. It's the best. It's the best when you get to be a part of that. So it's if you're an NC State, and let me ask you this, Matt. I know there's disappointment with the loss of Boston College to Wake Forest today. And NC State fans obviously were Boston College fans today. They wanted the Eagles to win. Had they won, NC State would have been in the ACC championship. But do you think the way this game unfolded maybe maybe lessens the sting sure. of that result today? It's almost like yeah, 
it's okay. Wake Forest is just a better team than, than Boston College. It's okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, and I think, too, if you watched that game, you knew, quite frankly, by the first quarter, that this BC team, you knew the reports about, you know, I didn't know, what, 30 players missed classes this week with the flu. 10 players were out of the game because they were still doing dealing with the flu. It's pretty clear that Phil Djokovic was not 100%. Some of those throws he was making, there must have been something with his hand that made him, you know, that was the, the injury he had, and it was just, with the win, he was just not effective. Um, he clearly was not 100%. And so, uh, you're so happy about the win that it's kind of like, ah, bummer, could have been an ACC championship, but that was out of your control. I mean, that was what you surrendered when you lost at Wake Forest. And, you know, maybe a little bit of, as time goes by, it might be a little bit of a, uh, uh, that Miami game, uh, but the Miami game wouldn't have mattered either because they would have still lost to head to head tiebreaker to Wake Forest. You know, this was just Wake Forest's year. That's a, I, you know, I don't necessarily think that they're a great elite team by any stretch of the imagination. They put up a pretty good defensive performance on on Saturday, but by and large, that defense is not good enough to be a great great team. But they do have a great offense, and I think the stars aligned very nicely for them this year. Um, to tip your hat to them. I do think it, it lessens it a little bit for, for NC State. You know, to your point about the UNC NC State rivalry, I think it, I've already been quick hit. I think since the ACC has been around, it's 38 to 32 now in favor of UNC. That's um, like a 50-50 split. Since 2000, I think NC State now maybe 13 and 9 or 14 and 9 against UNC. So they've had a winning record since 2000. Um, for old timers like me, who you know, sometimes we forget this century's already twenty uh, percent over. <laughs> you know, it's a fifth of the way over. We're already over a fifth into the century. So, yeah, that's a good sample size. In this century, entry state's been better football team than you and, and I think they were better football team this year. Um, I think the ball bounced UNC's way. Quite a bit. I did. When NC State was up 14 nothing, I felt UNC was fortunate to be down 14 nothing. And then you had to, I'm going to look it up real quick, if you bear with me, when that block punt happened. Um, really what the, oh, the, the first down blocked punt. I think that was in the second quarter, Matt, like early second quarter. Um, UNC is down 14 to. Mm hmm. Uh, 14 zip at that point. 14-3. Okay. And 14-3. Uh, yeah, and that punt was from inside their own 20. They were punting on fourth and four from the 15. And that punt takes a normal bounce, and it's probably falling somewhere down inside the 20. And, you know, NC State at least goes up 17-3, quite possibly up 21-3, and it completely changes the projection of the game. It completely, it completely changed, changed the trajectory, I should say, of the game. Um, and there were some other things. A drive after that. Sam Howard gets hit hard um, at the 24-yard line of NC State as he throws, and he throws a wounded duck up there. Yeah. Kamari Morales was the intended receiver. He got his eyes on it the whole way. He's battling back to the football. If two NC State defensive players have managed to track the football, 
Both of them would have been in better position to get an interception on that play. Morales would have had to turn into a DB. And then Sean Howell scored on the next play on a six-yard run because Morales came down with the pass. You know, Daniel Joseph absolutely obliterated <laughs> Sam Howell from behind. Where did the ball football bounce? Right to the offensive lineman who Dave Dorn said, the guy who watched. <laughs> you know, could tell Dave Dorn's frustration in the postgame. But yeah, the guy who um, watched him get sacked, you know, standing there because he'd been beaten so badly, basically, he was able to jump on the football because it bounced right to him. Yeah, Jaquin Harris had a pick six. Yeah, it was what, about eight minutes to go in that game? It would have put NC State up in front. Did on third and goal, and, and UNC ends up kicking a field goal to go up 27-21. Just so many instances like that where things were going UNC's way for 57 minutes. And I go back to this was a defense that was so shorthanded, playing against a team that had two weeks to prepare for you, against a quarterback who... Maybe he wasn't 100%, but he was also well-rested. Um, yeah. Same on UNC, quite frankly, for not finishing this baby off. They were given the gift from the football gods to pull off this win, much to the agony of NC, NC State fans. And it was like the football gods at the last minute said, no, no, you guys don't deserve this. And it would have given Mac Brown an opportunity to make chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what from this season just It'd be a lot easier to once again win the offseason by saying, oh, we went 7-5, and five, winning record. You can go maybe win a bowl game, 8-5. and five Seems like when you have eight wins, it seems like you're a better team than you really were maybe. And you beat your in-state opponents. We're the you know, so-called state champions. Everybody likes to trade off that term when they actually beat you know everybody else in the state. But, but no, there's, there's no way to put a bow on this season for UNC. It was an epic failure for North Carolina. Anybody that is projected to finish in the top 10 of both the AP and the coaches poll in the preseason, you'd expect their floor to be, you know, top 25 at least, eight wins at least, especially when you play in the ACC Coastal. So six and six, and you got into a bowl with a Wofford win. Congrats. Enjoy it. Um, Anyways. I think they're better than... I, I, I think if you look at UNC and you look at their season, you have to you have to seriously question the coaching. I mean, that's just the bottom line. I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of UNC, but that's a team that lost to Pittsburgh in overtime, lost to NC State in the most improbable fashion, and beat Wake Forest at home. They're probably the three best teams in the ACC, along with Clemson, right? And they clearly can hang with those teams. Mm-hmm. They have the talent. Yeah. Sounds like to me that they, I think that you know, they got to look a long, hard look at that coaching performance this year. But Sam Howell going to the pro, what a what a warrior performance, by the way, from Sam Howell. You know, even if you're an NC State fan, you tip your hat off. He didn't look hurt. <laughs> he he might have been in pain, and it, he took some hits, man. He took he took some hits. Yeah, and he played his butt off. And, you know, he'd like to go into the pros, and in three years, UNC went 21-16 and 16 with him as their quarterback. And that's, you're going to look back on that, much like NC State fans probably look back at Russell Wilson and wonder, how did we not win an ACC title or with Phillip Rivers? How did we not win an ACC title with those guys at quarterback, two potential Hall of Famers in the NFL? 
I don't know how it'll end up being that good in the NFL. We'll see. But uh, certainly in my lifetime, the best quarterbacks UNC's ever had. And I mean, the numbers the numbers suggest he is the best all-time quarterback there. Uh, they did go to an Orange Bowl, but they kind of backdoored into that. It wasn't necessarily, you know, the traditional get the Orange Bowl. And in the other two regular seasons, they went six and six. Again, that's a wasted opportunity on their part, but that's their problem, and that's not NC State's problem. And um, so, should yeah. we look? We've been, you know, talking about the rivalry, you know, taking our taking our shots at UNC. Um, let's let's maybe talk a little bit about where we could be constructive, constructively critical of the Wolfpack's performance on Friday night, because as I mentioned, Matt, I 100% agree with your point. That you said NC State's just a better team than UNC this year. The only you want to know how you can, you know, come to that conclusion. NC State won a game where it it probably gave a C plus. You know, take out the two, first two minutes of the game and the last two minutes of the game. We're really more talking about like a C minus type of performance, and that's probably being generous. Carolina, on the other hand really had to g- deliver an A, A-plus performance to be in this game, to even get itself to that point. And when you look at the rosters, I mean, NC State was really banged up. It was a team that even, you know, flu or no flu, it was already a banged-up team. You look at that defense that's gone through so many injuries. I don't think we really give it enough credit for the way this defense has continued to deliver. Yes, you've seen some cracks in the armor against the stronger offenses like Wake Forest, like North Carolina, with those absences of linebackers like Isaiah Moore and Peyton Wilson. But, you know, you look at you look at the other sideline, Carolina had a pretty healthy roster um, to, to field yesterday. So, you know, a banged-up team, given an average, maybe a little bit below average performance for most of that game, ending up beating a team that gives its A performance. I think it's fair to say that Team A is a better team. Um, but as for the, you know, parts that... Kind of made me scratch my head a little bit just looking at the stat box after the game. 297 rushing yards for North Carolina, Matt. Um, what do you make of that? Because NC State's run defense has been excellent all season, and unfortunately, this outlier of a game is really going to skew the in-season statistics. Where you know, if we're going to do a season reflection type of story, we could look back and say NC State had the you know, 12th ranked rushing defense this season. This is going to drop them a little bit because of this outlier here. There had been no game this season where NC State had gotten burnt like that on the ground. Now, I understand from a schematic standpoint, they were selling out against the pass. They wanted to make Carolina beat them on the ground, I suppose. I think they just thought that they were a good enough tackling team that even if you play more towards a protective against the pass type defense, you can still make plays and still be able to stop the run with enough effectiveness to, to win the ball game. What do you, what, what did you see that led to, I mean, yes, there were some great runs by Carolina. You have to tip your cap to some of those runs as well, but it just was not a sharp run def- defensive performance for NC state yesterday. I would have worked to be a, look at the three teams that had modest to good success running the football. Uh, you're going to notice a pattern. Syracuse ran for 170 yards, 5.2 yards per K. Most of that, that, that number kind of skewed. About what? 
half of that came on two plays. Over half of that came on two plays. Um, you move those two plays, and then the numbers get way down. Uh, Louisville, 41 K for 215 yards, 5.2 yards a K. UNC, 40 K, uh, 41 K, 297 yards, 7.2 yards a K. You know, where, what the common denominator in those three teams? Those were the three teams that NC State played that had a legitimate running threat to quarterback. And Sam Howell, I think he may end up close to 1,000 yards rushing somewhere in the ballpark of that. Um, Garrett Schrader and Malik Cunningham are among the league leaders of rushing the two. I think that QB1 game gave NC State defense some problems. Um, I think the bounce back run, the cutback runs that UNC got some big yardage where they're running back. You know, NC State sometimes do it with cross plants the defense, which is basically they kind of – not to say guess is a bad word, but they read their keys and, and slant towards what the run is expected to be. Sometimes that opens you up to those cutback lanes that you see in the Joan Blocking schemes a lot. And the key to offsetting that is having good tackling. And if it's not a good tackling game by NC State, I think they would be the first to tell you that. They missed some tackles. I don't know if the Navy Blue Pants for UNC had some uh, – Vaseline on them or something like that. that. <laughs> they, you know, made the Wolfpack players just seem to bounce off of them. Um, so, yeah, I, just give UN, I think the main thing you have to do is give UNC credit. Uh, they were physical. They were running back with his books. Ran hard. Sam Howell ran hard. And sometimes you have to say we weren't physical enough. And the NC State was not physical enough against the run on defense. So, and quite, quite frankly, on the other side, they, they were physical running the football. And I think my second, what would the term you use? Constructive Con criticism. Constructive criticism. Uh, would be that there was no reason why Bam Knight should have had nine Ks in this game. When he ran for 69 yards and that was 7.7 yards a K. For that matter, Ricky Person ran 11 times for 63 yards. 5.7 yards a K. Another number of times that those two running backs were hit in the backfield and stopped for a loss. Zero. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember it. Uh, so that, and even you had a perverse to say a time if got up 11 yards. So you're 21 times you grew up a design run. You run in the ball really good. That's 143 yards on those 20, 21 K. And again, you end up throwing 31 passes. Lily gets credit with eight runs, but I think only one of them was a design that he actually kept on an RPO. Most of those were sacks, and one was a scramble. So it's good to show you that they called up to 39. I mean, it's just, it is a little bit head scratching when you know that you can run the football and you chose not to do it. And the, the, the touchdown drive they had in the second half to stop the bleeding. Words on the strength of the running game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how'd they get there? Yeah. So that would be my other constructive criticism was, yeah, I get where the run, the run game was struggling in ACC play. I get it. They did not run well against BC and Miami and Florida State um, and Louisville. Ran awful against Louisville. But that doesn't mean you abandon it, what they kind of did. Not necessarily in the Syracuse game. I think that was a product of the pace of the game and how it played out. But against Wake and UNC, two bad run defenses, I think they were running the game. They were, they were 
room to run, and NC State didn't take advantage of it. Well, particularly when Devin Leary's not having his signature, you know, productive night this season. It's, you know, you look at his final stats, 19 of 30, 247 yards, four touchdowns, you think that's a pretty darn good game. But then when you take into consideration that, let's see, what, 80 of those yards and two of those touchdowns were on two throws in the final two minutes, one of which is a wide open Emeka Mezzi, and the last of which, yeah, and, and I certainly credit Devin Leary for throwing, you know, a 50-50 ball to allow Emeka Mezzi to go up and make that pass. That's what you got to do if you're the quarterback. It was a great pass, but, you know, if we were going to, we're going to give some credit on that play. I think you got to give a little bit, a little bit more to Mezzi, who just went up and got it. Um, not to, not you know, not a knock on Leary. I don't think he played bad. He didn't throw picks. He, you know, he's normally a pretty high completion percentage guy. It wasn't as high as it normally is. You know, prior to the pat, you know, last two minutes of the game, he's probably somewhere a little bit less than sixty percent. He's normally sixty-five, seventy. Um, but, you know, on a night where it's just not really going in the passing game and you're just moving the chains every time you run the ball, I don't know. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, see, uh, maybe we'll see some running in the bowl game, wherever that is. Speaking of which, Matt, with your early intel, where do you think the Wolfpack will be playing to finish its 2021 season for a chance to win 10 games in a single season for the second time in program history. I had to guess, I think, Orlando is the best bet. Um, I know a lot of Clemson fans are thinking they can go to Orlando. You had the best source. My buddy Joe Giglio is the best source when it comes to bowl games. He's pretty convinced NC State likely headed to Orlando. But things change. Is that the Cheez-It Bowl? That's the Cheez-It Bowl. I believe it's December 29th. Don't quote me on that. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the winner of Wake Forest Pittsburgh will head to a New Year's Six Bowl. Lose him. It'll be more interesting to see where they end up. Um, you know, San Diego could be a possibility for NC State as well. Uh, Wake Forest probably has more on the line, on the line if we're being frank about it, because. You know, they have the potential to kind of fall quite a bit in the bowl pecking order if they don't win the ACC championship game, even though they had the best record of all the teams in the ACC this year. But um, it's a product of the fam being a small alumni base and a small school and a small name recognition. I doubt they'd send Wake Forest to the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, you're not, you're not going to sell tickets. I mean, they're probably not going to sell tickets anyways, but you're really not going to sell tickets to Wake Forest fans. I did. I, I, I've been, been some people picking Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I see that happening. I, I think NC State, Jacksonville, have done NC State twice in the last three years. They're not going to do that again. I mean, I know the Gator Bowl is a good bowl, but I, as a spectator, I, I don't want to see that. It's like you've been there, done that. It, anything, it, just something different. Just something different for the players too. I mean, it, bowls are supposed to be a fun experience. This is going to be their last time together as a team. This specific team, that is, uh, you know, we'll we'll see who ends up coming back, who's leaving. We'll get into all that down the road. Um, but it's supposed to be a fun fun time. You get to spend the week away and 
you know, go to the amusement parks and get gifts and all that good stuff. And you lost out on a lot of that too last year with the pandemic. Um, so maybe, you know, that could be a reason where uh, maybe the Gator Bowl would be a little bit more fun because we could actually do things. But like you said, Matt, two, two times in the past three years, I, I, selfishly, of course, I'm rooting for the Holiday Bowl in San Diego because uh, that's, that's, a, that's, a that's a quick flight for me. Um, and I, I, I think Clemson might be Gator Bowl choice and Dayton, Puget Bowl, Pitt, Wake Winter. Yeah, Clemson, they, they could sell a ton of tickets putting Clemson against an SEC team, drivable from yeah. South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of my thinking right now. If Wake loses, maybe they go to Charlotte um, for the Duke Mayo. I, don't, I think they were just there last year, so that may influence that thinking as well. So uh, a lot to be figured out. I, I think NC State's. If my guess is right now Orlando, if it's not Orlando, my second guess would be San Diego or Charlotte. One of, but we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Well, we will have another pod. We'll be talking about it more on the next podcast. I'm sure we'll do a. Uh, I'm sure we'll do at least one more before the bowls get announced. If not, we'll do one after the bowl gets announced. We'll start talking about that. Um, but let's, let's give out game balls and get out of here, Matt, because I'm watching on my phone screen over here a great iron bowl between Auburn and Alabama. It looks like it's going to be heading into triple overtime down there in Jordan O'Hare. Uh, Matt, who's your game ball? A backer. Yeah, get the, uh, yeah how can you not give it to him? No. I, mean, I, I, I need to say this. You got, you got me telling Creek with the dying ball now. I'm ready to wrap this up. So I'm going to come back there. You all know why. Yeah, yeah. If I wanted to save time, I'd tail it. Uh, but I got to give got to give a shout out to my guy Daniel Joseph. Senior day. That's definitely his last game in Carter Finley Stadium. He's an old man now. Uh, Ten total tackles, four solo, one and a half sacks, both of them tackles for loss, and a forced fumble. And the man was delivering some hits to. Uh, Mr. Sam Howell over there is going to make for a long, sore weekend for Mr. Howell before he gets ready for the NFL draft. That's going to do it for this podcast. We're going to go watch the Iron Bowl, and we can't wait to talk about NC State some more here in the upcoming week. Reminders, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We're also on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give this video a thumbs up. Drop a comment. Remember, tell me if you left that stadium or if, uh, if you stayed and you still believed. You were a true believer with a 99.9% chance of losing. Um, and follow us on social media at the Wolfpacker on Twitter is our main account. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook, NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. And lastly, go to on3.com. That's where the Wolfpacker is now. It's the latest and greatest college football database, fan site, mega media presence on the internet. Everything you want to know about college football is there. Go to thewolfpacker.com. Take advantage of a $1 deal, a full year of premium content on the On3 network for just a dollar. Go do it. You heard Matt. The man stayed up until 3 a.m. last night, woke up at the crack of dawn, kept writing, and when he was done writing, he only took a quick breath to go get a coffee so that he could go to PNC Arena and cover NC State versus Louisiana Tech on rivalry college football weekend. If that's not dedication, I don't know what is. Go support this man, Matt Carter, because he is the best in the freaking biz. And he was there last night. He's good luck charm for the pack. So is I. You know, it, games that we're both in, when we're both in Carter-Friendly Stadium, Matt, NC State's undefeated. Red and white game and NC State-UNC. 
in the past year. One so one class closing it up. One class closing up. Yeah, Justin didn't bring it up and it deserved to be noted. Somebody correctly picked the score of this game, 34 to 30, which I believe is the only time all season either one of us nailed the, the final score in the game. So <laughs> And read my recap too. You'd you'd love my analysis in the prediction even better than you did before the game, knowing the end result. Because I called North Carolina Wake Forest Light. Their offense is good, but their defense sucks. And I was so right about it. They're Wake Forest Light. So there you go. NC State fans, enjoy it. Enjoy this moment. You don't get to live this every day. So anyways, everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. We will be back soon. Thank you for listening. For Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast.